Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. All right, team, keep playing. Good morning, everybody. I'm going to do something. Is that all right? Is that all right, Grace? Grace is smiling at me, so she's just do it. All right, now, I'm going to ask a very personal question. Is that okay? So, for those more mature people in the building, back in the day, did you ever go to a concert? Yes. Back in the day, when maybe you weren't following the Lord, did you go to a nightclub? Yeah. Come on, maybe. Justin says maybe. <laughs> Back in the day, or maybe recently, or you know, a few years ago, have you ever been to a sporting match? Come on, who's been to sporting matches? I've been to plenty in my lifetime. I'm sorry, I'm a sports lover. That, that ticks my box. <laughs> what I want to do, church, take this the right way. But I think church has become very quiet. We've been standing on the back foot. And this morning, I just want to get you to put your foot forward and be on the front foot. And I think church, it's time to be a little bit loud. Is that okay? To get a little bit excited because who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Who is the creator of the heavens and the earth? He is worthy to be praised. And that is worthy for us to get excited about and to be on the front foot rather than back foot. Amen? So I'm going to get every single one of you a little bit out of your comfort zone. Is that okay? Back to those party days, back to those whatever days. But we are in the house of God and sometimes we need to have a party because he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So we're going to sing this one last time. I'm going to get everybody to clap. Is that okay? Come on. I want you to get excited. Come on. Come on. Come on. And I want you to sing to the audience. Come on. I will never leave you. Come on, let's get excited. Come on, he's waiting on your frames. Come on, you could carry that night away. Come on, it was not true. Till I met you. Is that okay for all you builders out there? 
who knows that we need to get excited? And hear my heart. I think we've got a little bit boring. We've got a little bit tired because life has thrown so much at us, church. It does. We get tired. We get sick of it. We get over it. But who knows that we need to come into the house of God. This is a space and a place where, where Jesus wants to touch you and he wants to lift your spirit afresh every single week, week in and week out. His presence, his peace is here for you this morning. And I'm so excited to preach this word this morning. And Justin said it so beautifully. As we sang that song, um, that last song, I Speak Jesus, I really feel this morning that Jesus wants to touch you afresh, that he wants you to encounter him afresh today. You've become tired. You've become weary. But he is your source of strength. He loves you. He wants so much more for you. Amen. Amen. And I really feel as I preach my word that God's put in my heart today. And at the end of service, I really feel that God wants to do an exchange in your life. He wants to do a transaction in your life today. But it's up to you, church, to open your heart to receive that. He's there. He's ready but it takes us to make that first step. So as I preach this word, as we journey through what God wants to say to you individually today and us as a church, I want you to come with me and I want you to open your heart because I really feel God is going to move. He wants to open up this space and you encounter him afresh. I, I go back and I was thinking about time and time again in my young adult's um, years and just moments I had in church and in the presence of God. And I made a decision not to be on the back foot, not to just sit up the back with my arms folded, but to go, God, I want to encounter you because I need you. I need change in my life. God, use me to touch people's lives. And it took a step. It took being proactive. And I think of story and moment after moment where I would find myself coming out onto the altar and just standing in the presence of God and at times being prayed for by pastors and ministers, but not even that, just being in that space and saying, God, I'm yours. And there was always an exchange. There was always a transform, a transformation happened in my life in those moments. And I am the person I am today because I positioned myself and I said, God, have your way in my heart and in my life. And I want to see that for you, church, today. You know what? It can happen time and time again. We make a decision, God, I step into that space and I have a new exchange today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, why don't you take your seat? Thank you, music team. Well, I'm so glad you turned up because it's so good to be able to bring a word to people. And uh, you're probably wondering, where's, where's Christian? He's actually in Adelaide this weekend. So he flew down uh, yesterday and uh, he's preaching at our good friend Tim and Cindy's church this morning and then another church um, for this evening and then back on Tuesday. So, um, you know, it's a gift that's on my husband's life. And, um, you know, I've, I've been with him when he's been away preaching at other churches. I go, babe. Why don't you preach like that here in our church? He's like, what are you saying? Are you criticizing me? No, no, no. I'm encouraging you, babe. I'm encouraging you. But there's a gift on his life. 
to go and minister and he sees healings and he sees miracles. And um, so, you know, I'm excited to hear the stories. But you have, I don't I wouldn't say the better half, the other half this morning. And I'm excited to bring the word. But just a little update. As you know, that uh, through all the, the floods and everything that's gone on, and that's going to be an ongoing recovery for, for many areas and locations. And we just found ourselves have a natural connection with our Convoy of Hope, Joel LaBelle, who's doing an amazing work. He's uh, the regional director of that organisation now. And they've been down uh, in Lisbon, who knows, a few weeks ago, Christian went down with a few people and just did what they can, just being the hands and the feet of Christ. And so that's going to continue. And our, our heart is to say, God, you know, where would you like us to, to serve and to bless our community? You know, and we're true believers of just those natural connections and not trying to force things. But uh, this Saturday, um, Christian's going to head down. If you sort of put a bit of a shout out to church on our community Facebook page, if anyone would like to go um, with him just for the day, just Saturday, and they're starting the real rebuild stage. Um, so partnering with Convoy of Hope. And so um, if you want any more information about that, let me know and Christian will contact you personally because I don't know all the details. But um, they've uh, organised, they've got a space, I think, through um, uh, Australia Post. They've got a facility where they're able to store a whole lot of stuff. We've actually partnered with one of our churches, God in the City, in Sydney, um, and they're going to bring a semi-trailer load up here to Noosa. We're partnering with Hillsong and uh, COC, sorry, it's Noosa Church now, um, and we're going to store a big semi-trailer load of clothing and items and all of that, and over the course of the next few months, distribute that, uh, you know, Gympie, our area, wherever God connects us and to meet needs. Amen? And so that's exciting. You know that we are the hands and the feet and I think, you know, I was I caught up with um, a beautiful member of our church this week and just sharing, you know, our hearts and my hearts. And I said, you know, we're living in different days. And I think that as a church and as people, we need to have our eyes more wide open than we ever have, have before. There's always need, isn't there, church? But I really feel and I sense in my heart, and this is around my message today, that we as a church need to start doing things differently prior to... A few years ago, I don't like to use that word, that virus word, because let's just move on. Come on, hey? Amen? But prior to that, a few years ago, life looked differently. We all were living in a little bit of a bubble, a bit of, you know, we were comfortable. We weren't necessarily aware of really what was going on in the world and how things work and necessarily, in my heart, how government functions and all of that. My eyes have been open to politics. I think I shared this in one of my messages. My parents growing up, would say, Melissa, you need to watch the news. I'm like, I don't have time for the news. I'm too busy raising children. Who has time for the news? You know, who has time for the news? My <laughs> husband has time for the news. He updates me. But, you know, the things that I have learned and watched, and I think that as a church, like I said before, we've been asleep. And church, it's time to be awake. It's time to open our eyes to go, God, what is your purpose and your plan that you have for us as a people, as a church, on this planet today for such a time as this. You were born, church, for such a time as this, not to be comfortable, not to be complacent, not to be just, you know, settle in your little bubble, but say, God, use me, use me. What is your plan and your purpose for me? Because, church, the days ahead are exciting, but the days ahead are tough. 
But but with God in our lives, all things are possible, amen? And it's going to take an army. It's going to take a unified church together, not separated, not divided, not opinionated, not critical, but together, one heart, one mind, serving the Lord and seeing humanity one to Christ, amen? And if you believe that, why don't you give him a hand? Come on. So back in January, I preached a message. Um, it was called Breaking News. So if you weren't here, please go and watch it. It was a good one. <laughs> not sorry, hear my heart. Hear my heart. I was inspired. It was a good message. I know a lot of people said thank you for that. But in that message, I, I shared a word that, um, you know, at the beginning of every year, we encourage you, church, to seek the Lord and get a word for yourself, like a word for the year, because who knows, without a vision, the people perish. Without, um, you know, a vision and a dream, you know, you're just existing day to day. And so I felt the Lord put in my heart, and I shared it with Christian, a word specifically for our church. And this word is not just for, for me and Christian. I felt this word is for you, church, is for us, a community of believers, for such a time as this. And that word is true north. And that's the title of my message. And I felt the Lord lay on my heart about a week ago uh, leading into me sharing this. And I, I felt the Lord say, I want you to, to preach and unpackage that word that I gave you for our church, our people, True North. And what I got out of that word as I was pondering on it, I felt the Lord say the waters, our surroundings are unsettling and they're messy. But we are not to be swayed by this. We are to keep our true north. A church and a people of conviction, a church and a people of faith, loving God, loving people and serving our community. And that's always been our mission statement, church, for the last coming up to nine years as a church in May. Loving God, loving people and serving our community. And like I shared before, I feel like uh, the Lord has been stirring me and Christian more and more on what does that mean by serving our community and how we intertwine that into our church. Amen. And Matthew 16, 18, it says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I declare that over us as a church. The gates of hell will not prevail against your people, your church, because who knows that the devil is sly and he will do whatever he can to take out man, to take out leaders, to take out pastors. But if we are on watch, church, if we have our eyes open, our spiritual radar up, we live a life of conviction and a life of faith. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. Amen. Our true north is also about seeing souls saved and making disciples. And if we have, I feel we've lost that over the years, and I feel like if that's not our one of our true norms, we might as well just pack up and go home. Because who remembers the day when they gave their heart to Jesus? Who remembers the day, yeah, when you walked into church for the very first time? Some of you might have grown up in a Christian home, so you've been blessed with that beautiful legacy and amen, which I have. So I've known no different. But I've had to journey and find that relationship for myself in Christ. And who knows that our true north needs to continually be seeing souls saved. This isn't enough, enough people in this space today, church. We need to see 
hundreds and thousands of people flooding into the house of God and giving their hearts to Jesus. Amen. And let me read you Matthew 26, 19, 20. And I want you to catch this today. We all know this scripture. We've all heard this, but I want you to catch this scripture and look at it in a different way and let it hit you deep in your soul. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always till the end of the ages. Amen? True north, our true north needs to be Jesus. Speaking the name of Jesus, it's all about him. And Hebrews 12, 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. And he's the one that keeps us on track, church. I tell you what, I think about my life and I, I even think about my marriage on a personal note after 25 years. And time and time again, I've said to Christian, man, I do not know how people that don't have Jesus in their life and Jesus in their marriage get through. <laughs> they do with, I don't know, a few different substances and I don't know what. I'm not, you know, not here to judge. But I'm saying that having Jesus centre, having Jesus as your true north, who knows, you can get through the hardest storm. You can get through whatever situation you are facing. Amen. And I was thinking about a sailor out to sea. Who likes sailing? Anyone, any sailors in the room? Oh, yep. Who likes to go on boats? I love boats. I love fast boats. I don't like slow boats. <laughs> I love fast boats. That's okay. I was thinking about a sailor out to sea. I was thinking about, you know, the Sydney to Hobart race. And that's a long race. And who knows that any storm, any change of weather can happen in that race over those few days. But who knows that that, that crew and those sailors, they have to, you know, be ready, be equipped and know their true north. They have to know where they're going because they've got a destination to get to. And I was thinking about that. And who, who knows, you know, when you read a map and you've got a compass to navigate you. Now, I know we've got all this fancy stuff now. We can just pull out our phones and put in, you know, GPS and all that. But the good old-fashioned maps and compasses, okay? And you actually, we are you, actually using true north to determine our direction to travel. Even your map, okay, there's always that true north. When you've got a compass in your hand, it's always heading in true north. So no matter what direction you're going, it's navigating you, right, to that direction. Peter could probably, you know, articulate that a little bit better with all his expertise. But you know what I'm saying, church. Yeah. However, if we just follow our compass needle, it will eventually bring us to magnetic north. And I was thinking about a, a story back, uh, Christian and I had been married for five years and we did an overseas trip. We'd saved up every penny. We went on this overseas trip um, debt-free, which is always a good thing. We didn't have to come home and pay it off. And it was always a dream of ours to do a trip before we started a family. And I remember my mum said, Melissa, if that doesn't happen, it's okay. And I said, no, it's happening. No, I've got my goals. It's happening. And it happened. <laughs> Who knows? Without a vision, the people will perish. Anyway, so we went on this wonderful trip and uh, we were in Canada for a week and then we decided to hire a car and drive down to Seattle. Okay, so back then we didn't have 
the GPS things on our phones. I don't even think we had like proper phone, those things back then. So this was 2003. No, 2002. That's right, it was before, the year before Noah. Anyway, so I got the map out. We're on the other side. So Christian's driving on the other side of the road. Okay, so, you know, it was, we had to navigate, you know, some, some obstacles. So I had the map out. And we're like, yep, we know where we're going. This is our destination. And Christian took a wrong turn and he freaked out. He goes, babe, you know, in those moments you have those little, you know, little arguments. I'm like, babe, you said, I said, no, I didn't say turn. He goes, you did. I said, no, I didn't. Trust me, I'm a really good navigator. And he's like, oh, I said, calm down, just settle down. Wives, do you have to say settle down to your husbands a lot? Or is it the other way around? Come on. Anyways, it's okay, it's okay. And literally in a, in a moment, I had to like look at this map. And it was I didn't have Siri going reroute, reroute. I had to say in my mind, reroute, reroute. So I'm looking at this big map like we're in America, people. We have no idea where we're going. And so I'm like, okay, mate, yep, 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 yep. Said, it's, I've got it. It's all good. It's all good. Next, next, um, whatever you call it, off that big freeway. So there's like, you know, six lanes. I said, just, just turn left. Just go off here. He's like, are you sure? I said, trust me, babe. I've got it. I've got our true north, and I know where we're going. So I turned off, took us way back around to where we were originally meant to turn off, and I didn't get us lost. Amen. Come on. So. Husbands, do not say that wives can't navigate <laughs> true north. You know, I see a church, a church <coughs> that is authentic, is real, simplified, community outward focused. And I see a church rising that gets rid of all the fluff, all the, the, the things that don't matter. Because, church, we need to reach a hurting and a confused world with our authenticity, with our rawness, with our transparency, simplifying. I know over the years, you know, we've done too much, too much of this, too much of that. But I see a church that simplifies and focuses on what is important to reach our community, to reach the broken. Amen. We need to live our lives in desperation for our Heavenly Father. And I feel that over time as believers and Christians and as, as chosen from God, we've got too comfortable. We've got complacent. We've got blinded and distracted by what's really important. And back in my late teens, uh, I remember uh, it's funny when I actually reflect on this, this actually moment. It was a very, very profound moment in my life, but a, a, a life-changing moment. It took years to unfold, but I look back and I think, you know, how God works, you know, he will just subtly just speak to you through someone else just to awaken you and to try and get your attention. And I know in this moment God was trying to get my attention, but it took a number of years for that to unfold. And we had this group of missionary people in our home, and I'm, I'm going to actually ring my mum in the next week and go, can you just, like, elaborate on that? Because I've sort of, you know, erased it out of my mind. I thought it was a little bit strange. But we had this group of missionaries there in our home. They were from America, beautiful people. And um, there's one particular day, and they were just doing some missionary work with, you know, churches they'd connected with in, in our area, and I don't even know how. My parents put them up in our home probably because we had the space and they're just, they've always just been such generous people. But anyway, there's about five of them. 
and they were beautiful people, but I was in a space in my life where I was in my own world and I wasn't really interested. And I remember one day I was walking up, we had this big, we lived in this beautiful old Queensland house, a Queenslander-style house my parents built. And who knows, in Queen, uh, Queen, old Queenslanders, you guys really, really big, long hallways. And our hallway was really long. So me and my brother's rooms were right at the end of the house and the kitchen was at the other end. You could literally, like, do, like, sprints up and down, you know, like, you know, practice me a 100-metre sprint at the school carnival. Literally, it was not 100 metres, but it was long. And I remember this particular day, I was walking up the hallway, probably heading to the kitchen, and uh, as I passed our lounge room area, I had like a lounge room and a sunroom, and I heard someone say, Melissa, Melissa, I'm like, who's calling my name? Melissa, can you come in here? I was like, sure, sure. And it was one of these beautiful missionary people that were staying with us. And I said, do you, do you mind if I share something with you? I said, sure. No, that's fine. And uh, I said, just come over here. And he pointed he said, see that beautiful um, uh, thing in the corner? I'm like, what thing? He said, just go a little bit closer. He said, see that beautiful thing in the corner? And it was a it was a Christmas sort of ornament thing. I just personally didn't think it was that beautiful, but there was a story behind it. He said, just go a little bit closer. He said, go up really, really close. And he said, see how you can't see it until you get up really close because it's hidden in the darkness and it's behind this bit of furniture. I said, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, where are you going with this? <laughs> anyway, he said, that thing there has got such beauty and there's a story behind it. He said, it needs to come out of the darkness and into the light. And he said, that's like you, Melissa, your life. He said, you're hidden in the darkness and Jesus wants you bring, to bring you out into the light. You've got distracted from your true north. And I was reminded by this the other day when I was preparing my message. And at that stage in my life, yes, I was. I was literally heading slightly east. Mm-hmm. And then I gradually made my way totally south. I'd lost my true north. I'd lost my direction. I'd lost what I knew God had called on my life because I was hidden, I was hiding, I was running. But God wanted me to come out and that unfolded over a few years in my life and that's another story. But in Hebrews 12, 3, it says, when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long lineage of hostility he ploughed through. Jesus ploughed through for you and I. That will shoot adrenaline into your soul. And church, I really feel that he wants to shoot adrenaline into your soul afresh again today, to get passionate again, to get stirred up again, to get fired up again, to get desperate for him again, to get out of that place of being comfortable and complacent and distracted he wants you to get fired up. Who knows when you get that adrenaline in your in your soul, you can get that drive like I'm ready to take on anything. You get a fire and a fight in you. Church, it's time to get a fight back in you. It's time for the church to get a fight back in our soul, to let that adrenaline come and say, Jesus, we're going to run. We're going to go true north and we're going to accomplish everything you called us to do. Amen? If you agree, come on, let's give it a hand. Come on. Come on. And I was thinking about, you know, there's lots of disaster going on, but I was just thinking about the war that's going on over in Ukraine with Russia and all of that. And, and despite 
you know, all all the politics and everything that's going on, I was thinking about the people, the innocent people that are suffering. That's what it is. It's, it's the innocent people that suffer. There's the innocent people that hurt. And there's people, there's thousands that have been fleeing their country, crossing borders, becoming refugees. But I follow these beautiful Christian organisations. They're seeing hundreds and hundreds of people giving their lives to Christ. They're ministering to people as they've been crossing the borders, getting out of their country. These people are desperate. These people have never heard the gospel. But there's these amazing organisations there just willing to share the gospel in moments because those people are desperate to go, we don't even know what the future looks like. And hundreds are giving their hearts to Jesus. Come on, church. Hundreds are giving their hearts to Jesus. We don't know what war is. We don't know what famine is. But he can stir your heart for us, our church, our community, and our country, and where God's placed you. Amen. A beautiful pastor in our church, Richard Green, he's a pastor of C3 Ride in Sydney, and he oversees um, a whole bunch of our uh, churches that are um, non-English speaking, like in Afghanistan and Ukraine, Russia, and all those countries, and he's planted a whole bunch of churches, underground churches, and he just went over there for 17 days. And he was with Ukraine and Russian-speaking church planters. He's now home. He's safe. But he wrote this. He said, thank you all for helping. We got direct into um, aid Ukraine for those churches staying in Ukraine and have set up an ongoing plan to keep support going. We have moved 16 families into a safer area in Ukraine. We set up nine safe houses in one area. We got aid into Kiev and, and got large numbers of people out and are getting direct finances into a church. Um, into Kiev, one of the hardest areas. These pastors are staying to continue to minister to the Ukraine people. They could have made a decision to get out, but they've made a decision to stay. And also they had 35 pastors cross borders in and out safely and straight from the churches in in Russian-speaking nations and followed up with an ongoing work, and he also followed up with the ongoing work in Afghanistan. And in all this, These brave saints are committed to staying and helping the believers and others trapped in Ukraine. While in the Russian-speaking countries, I was blessed to speak in eight different churches and we saw 200 respond to the invitation of Christ. The church is seeing growth in these difficult times. Now, why am I reading that to you, church, today? No matter the hardship, the crisis that we see over there, here, and we will continue to see, but in moments, these are moments where the church, us, it's us. It's our finest hour to shine and in the days to come. Acts 2, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons and your, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men dream dreams. When the time comes, I'll pour out my spirit on those who serve me, men and women both, and they'll prophesy. I'll set wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth today, blood and fire and billowing smoke, the sun turning black and the moon blood red. Before the day of the Lord arrives, the day tremendous and marvellous, and whoever calls out for help to me, 
God will save. It's usually a crisis when people get desperate, isn't it? It's usually when we're going through a crisis, church, that's when we get really, really desperate. Because by nature, we're self-centered, we're self-focused, and we're self-driven. But I want to encourage you today, and we are living in days ahead where we need to be Jesus-centered, we need to be Jesus-focused, and Jesus-driven. Let me say that again. Jesus-centered, Jesus-focused, and Jesus-driven. We need to get ourselves to a place, church, where we're desperate for Jesus every day. Not just desperate for him when a crisis hits. He wants that from us, that we choose him every day, front and centre. And in Romans 8, 35, 39, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of God, from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. And I want to ask you these few questions. What direction are you heading? What's the life that you want to be living opposed to the reality of just a day-to-day existence? Do you know where you are going? Do you spend your time doing things that line up with that desired destination? Is the church a revelant, a revelant path, sorry, a revelant part of your life? And when the body comes together, Do you know what your function is? Do you know what part he has for you to play? But you are my chosen people. Stand to your feet. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who call you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.